Well, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Epic Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Meekham, and really happy to uh, invite into the studio. Well, it's not really the studio because we're doing this in a socially responsible way, keeping our distancing, and we're doing this via Zoom. But our guest today is Todd Bettis from the Utah State University Extension. He's a horticulturist there. Thank you for joining me, Todd. You're welcome. Glad to be here. You know, it is April. Today is uh, April Fool's Day as we record this, as a matter of fact. And April is National Garden Month. And, of course, we're living in a world that's a little bit different right now. You know, we're all kind of hunkered down and, and trying to isolate ourselves as much as we can and kind of self-quarantine a little bit to avoid spreading this virus. So COVID-19 has changed our world. But one thing it hasn't changed, we can still get out into the yard and do a little yard work and get some gardening done, get a little physical activity and kind of get ourselves out of the house. So I thought it'd be fun to talk gardening today. Yeah, gardening is actually an activity that lots of research shows is relaxing, it improves mental health. It, because of the physical activity, it actually will make you healthier that way too. And so not only are you growing healthy food that you know exactly where it came from, but it's making you more mentally fit plus physically fit. And it's a chance to engage even the kids. Every member of the family can get out there and get involved in gardening. And there's also research that shows that when kids, younger kids, get involved in gardening, they're much more likely to be willing to eat those vegetables that they helped grow. It's very interesting to see because I, Utah State University Extension teaches lots of children's gardening classes through 4-H. And one thing that the kids really enjoy is planting those vegetables and growing them and then being a lot more excited to eat them when they normally would not have. Now, it doesn't mean they like every last one of them, but we try to do interesting things. You know, there's a number of beet varieties out there that when you cut them open before they're cooked, look like a target. They'll have stripes or bands of red and white. You can grow purple beans or different colored beans and peas. There's all sorts of interesting crops you can grow that kids just would will find fascinating. Yeah, you've got purple tomatoes. You've got yellow tomatoes. There's all kinds of great stuff. And it's something new, and it's a, it's a tool you can use to get them in, to engage and try and eat some of those vegetables and the fact that they help grow them. That's, that cinches the deal. But it's really fun, and I think the kids will love it. And if you've never gardened before, we have probably just a few tips here that we would like to share with you and maybe help you get you started. Now, one important thing to make sure everybody understands is that the nurseries, at least in our area, Ton, have not closed, right? No, they are still opened. And because they sell food things, such as fruit trees, vegetables, they're considered critical business. And so the government has not required them to shut down. There you go. So anything that you need, you're going to be able to find at your local nursery. So don't worry about it being closed or not being able to get access to the things that you're going to need to get your garden started. So, Ton, let's pretend I'm a guy who's never gardened before, but I do have a backyard. Maybe it's not a big one, but I've never had a garden in there before. How do you suggest I approach this and picking out a spot, either clear out some, some grass or maybe build a raised bed? What are my options? Well, you mentioned the raised bed or clearing out some grass, but I mean, the absolute easiest thing to do is if you have one is just get an old flower bed where you have grown perennials and annual flowers and don't plant those this year. Just clear it out, 
turn it with a shovel or a spade. And, you know, all you would need is for a small garden is a five by five, you know, five by three, whatever you've got. And you can put, actually, you'd be amazed at the number of crops you can put in small spaces. There are some that take a lot of room. Others, not so much. You know, you no. can plant carrots. So if you eats. are limited on space, I would recommend a tomato variety called Patio. It's P-A-T-I-O. And no, it's not going to give you humongous amounts of fruit, but it'll definitely give you enough to eat. And you could grow that one and still have room for other things. Right. And, you know, and, and there are some that, you know, be wary of. Some tomato varieties are going to take over everything. Uh, you're not going to plant a pumpkin in a bed like that. <laughs> you know, you might get a couple squash plants, depending on what they are. But you just have to be careful of what you pick and choose in a smaller spot like that. But that's a great way to get started. It's already cleared out for you. It's ready to be planted. Maybe a little soil prep and, and get some organic material into that soil first, right? Yeah. It, if... You know, if it's brand new, I would recommend putting an inch or so, maybe two inches of compost and mixing it in three or four inches deep. I wouldn't do more than that, just so you, every once in a while, some funny things can happen. The other things I would look at are, you know, what are you going to eat? You know, we sit here and talk about tomatoes and things, but if you don't like tomatoes, then what could you grow that you would eat? You know, if it's peppers or onions, it's getting a little late on those. You can still get them in now and be fine. Uh, there's all sorts of things, but I would really focus on what you and your family will eat too. Sure. Probably the most popular garden uh, plant, in, in, at least around here and probably in the country, is a tomato though, right? It is. And there's so many varieties out there. And, you know, if you have limited space, that's why I recommended maybe that patio or another variety called early girl that doesn't get very big. You need to be a little careful when you plant these because tomato sizes can vary greatly. And you need to look on the package to see what you've got going on because sometimes tomatoes can get six or seven feet tall and sometimes they can get two or three. Yeah, there are some that you might look at them and think that this is going to be great for me. Uh, sun sugar is one of those, right? Because that's a little small cherry sized tomato and it's wonderful and everybody loves them, but boy, do they love to grow and spread out. They do. And that particular variety, most of the cherry tomatoes and a number of other, especially heirloom and open pollinated tomatoes, are what's known as indeterminate. And they just keep growing and growing and growing. And so one way to try to determine an eventual size is to get what are called determinate tomatoes. And what will happen is you get a big crop and then you'll get a few more as the season progresses, but you get most of your crop in two or three weeks and then it's just more, You after that, you get enough to eat and make salsa and things, but your canning crop comes all at once. Right. So let's assume that we maybe do have a larger yard or a larger space to work with, or maybe we do want to dedicate some lawn that's just been turf before and, and now it's not, or build a raised bed somewhere. We want to get a little more aggressive than a small garden bed. How would you suggest we approach that idea? Well, I mean, you're looking at some work. As long as you have decent soil, and you know, oftentimes people will say, get your soil tested. But if you can walk your neighborhood, and the neighborhood's established, there's a wide variety of trees and shrubs, everything seems to be doing okay, then you're usually fine to just go ahead and 
take out a section of your yard. Now, if you have lawn, you're probably going to want to kill it out first and then get a sod cutter or a lot of people with strong backs to take that sod out. And then you have the soil there that should be just fine for gardening. You could make some raised beds that are a little more expensive. Sometimes those actually can get quite expensive. You, know, you spend two or $300 on the materials to build them and don't expect to spend an equivalent amount on the soil and things like the resin bed mix. Those are an option. But I think the cheapest way, and it's just fine because it's what nature's been doing, is just to go ahead, get rid of some sod or get some flower beds rearranged and plant right in your own soil. And if you don't happen to live in a home with a yard, you can always put individual pots on your back porch, maybe at an apartment or on a balcony, as long as you've got the sun, right? You definitely can. And I think the, the key to doing this is having a container that's big enough. You know, when those little tomatoes are six inches tall, you bring them home, you, know, you assume that a foot high and wide on a container is fine and depending on the kind of tomato it may overwhelm the container and so what you want to do is get a container especially if you're going tomatoes that's at least a foot deep and you want about a foot to 18 inches of width for every plant and you're using potting soil and not like garden soil depending on what else you're going to grow you still want a container that's at least six inches deep right and the other thing to remember is the way you fertilize and water a plant that's in a pot like that, it's going to be different than what you do in a garden bed or a corner section of your lawn, right? Correct. The fertilizer in a pot that you're putting on a patio is going to be something that's more similar to houseplant fertilizer, or you can actually buy container fertilizers, miracle Grow. Osmoco, Fertilome, High Yield, there's many of them out there. If you go to a local farm store or garden center and just say you need a fertilizer for your containers, there's several options. And you want to use those because they give enough nitrogen to the plants to survive, but they're not really concentrated or hot. And so if you used a lawn fertilizer on those, oftentimes you would burn the plants chemically because of all the salt you put in. And so you really need to use something more intended for house plants and container gardening. Right. I'm weary to dive into uh, the whole uh, what plants to plant discussion because that's a whole new discussion. But what I'd like to do, Ton, is invite you back here in a couple of weeks after people have had maybe a chance to get a garden bed ready or some containers and get those prepped. And then we can talk more about plant selection, maybe tomato varieties and plant care and those kinds of things and what to expect if you're a new gardener as far as how long is it going to take for me to get tomatoes and what's a good one that grows well around here in, in our climate and those kinds of things. So could I have you back here in a couple of weeks and, and revisit this? Absolutely. I would love to, you know, between now and then I should say really quickly that if people do want to get started and we've kind of just dipped our toe in a little bit to the water that you can download lots of fact sheets on container gardening and just gardening in general, Utah State University Extension has lots of resources. If you do a Google search and whatever crop you're interested in, whether it's onions or tomatoes or beans, and you would just Google, say, tomatoes in the garden and Utah State University, and it'll bring up a great fact sheet on how to do it inexpensively 
and how to get the best yields. And, and it's very simple to do, but it gives you step-by-step instructions. Yeah, there's a wealth of information on that USU Extension website, and that is an absolute fantastic place to go to. Again, like you said, we've just kind of scratched the surface here. And if you've never gardened before, that's going to be a place you're going to love to visit. It's got all kinds of information on different plants and how they do. Utah, in particular, soil types that you know that they like. Great stuff. Extension.usu.edu is the direct uh, URL, right? It is. Yeah. Extension.usu.edu. Or, I mean, if you just use Google and type in USU and gardening or USU and fruit trees, it'll bring up the particular websites that way also. There you go. So if you forget the URL, just do a web search and, and any of the search engines will bring it to you. And we'll, we'll get together again here in a couple of weeks, Ton. I really appreciate your time. Again, we've had Ton Bettis from the USU Extension Center, horticulturalist for the extension. Thanks for joining us today, Ton. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.